Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Feel the fire or shiver in the cold, but I did say you never walk through this world alone. Mm. And I did say, don't make this world your home. said the fear would never come to you in the night or the loneliness was something you had never have to fight but I did say I'll be right there by your side Ooh. and I did say I'll always help you fight In every time of me, my love will be the anchor that you can hold on to. This is the promise, this is the promise I made to you. I never said a friends would never turn their backs on you. All that the world around you never see you as a fool But I did say like me You surely be despised mm-hmm. And I did say My ways confound the wise I didn't say the world around you never see you as a fool I never said that everything would surely go well But I did say I'll be waiting right on the other side Oh, and I did say Dry every tear you've cried you know I made a promise that I'll prepare a place And someday sooner than you think you'll see me face to face And in the midst of trouble, let us be your guide This is my promise, this is my promise I made to you 
don't turn to the left or right And in the midst of darkness, let us be your light And someday I'll be with you throughout all your days This is my promise, this is my promise I made to you into the kingdom of light hallelujah i see you receiving a great change if you believe it shout here yeah. our first testimony is from our sister lady pastor dorothy alote put your hands together for her as she testifies of how god redeemed her life put your hands together for her as she comes up stage our lady pastor dorothy what has god done for you of our prophet. Amen. Amen. About a month ago from work, I decided to pass through my bus center to visit some of my members. And I finished around 8 p.m. So then I decided to go home because I was hungry and then the next day too was watch and pray. So I wanted to get home early so that I can sleep and then wake up and pray. Now when I got, when I got to my junction, there's a spot at the junction. There were people around, like there were people at the spots and all that. But then I saw two guys on a motorbike. This was around what time? Around 9, 9.20 to 9.30 thereabout. So when I saw them, I became alert because I was aware of people being robbed by guys on a motorbike. So then, I mean, I, I just, I was still there for some time. I was deciding what to do. But then I saw that they were going off where I was going. I was going this way and then they were going that way. So I decided to quickly walk and then get home before the guys come back again. So then I started to walk. I was walking very fast though. And on my way, I saw this guy. He looked like a passerby. He was also walking on the road. So I passed by him. I was like, oh, okay. But then when I saw the guy, within seconds, the guys on the motorbike, they were back on the road where I was again. And <laughs> at this point, I, I, I was walking really fast. And at a point, I started running. But then they started to follow me. Yes. <laughs> and then they came to park the, bike, the motorbike by me. And then one of the guys got off the motorcycle and then he asked me why I was running when I saw them. Then he lifted the machete. He just he had a machete. Yes. He lifted. He wanted to cut through my head with it. But then I lifted my hand. And miraculously, it, the, the, the cutlass went through my palm. It cut through this. I mean. The cutlass went through your palm. Yeah, the, the flesh. Wow. So then, and then he cut my, my right arm too for the strap of my bag. So my bag fell down. And when my bag fell down, they left me. They took, they took my bag and then they, they went away. But then I was, I was close to the, the hospital. So then when they went off, I just ran into the hospital with blood all over my you hand. Are, and you happened to be close to yes, the hospital? Yes, I happened to be close to, very close to the hospital. And so I ran into the, into the hospital. And then the nurse, I saw the nurse. 
the doctor in charge they came and then we called let the, the redeemed of the lord say so those that he has delivered from the hand of the enemy may the lord redeem you from every wicked and unreasonable man amen Okay, Dorothy, you said you believe it's because of a prophecy you heard in church yes. the Sunday before this attack. Yes, yes, because that Sunday before the attack, the prophet was praying for us during communion and then he prayed and extended our lives by... He said that we were going to cross 70 with ease and then he prayed particularly against sudden death and then he prayed against all forms of targeting because the guy wanted to cut through my head with it but then... Some way, somehow, yes. Raise your hand. I thought you would stand to your feet and put your hands together for Jesus and give the Lord a hallelujah. When she lifted up her hands, the, the are you sitting down like this? <laughs> hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. God is delivering us real testimonies hallelujah can you imagine hallelujah and the same prophet is coming to town amen i said the same prophet is coming to town amen we have next on our list hallelujah sister Shivon to bless our hearts put your hands together for her as she comes oh do it better and encourage her hallelujah that I know there's only one God in all of the earth you're my only God and I want you to know my love for you I'll never let go cause I love you so oh all I want is to serve you If I live my life again, I'll choose you It's been worth living for you Lord, I love you And there's no one above you Cause you gave your son You gave your life And you turned my life all around you gave your son to set me free so i'll serve you for the rest of my day my lord and my god What a sacrifice And Lord in return I'll serve you for the rest of my life I will build your church Yes I will All I want is to serve you 
if I live my life again, I'll choose you. It's been worth living for you. Lord, I love you. There's no one above you. Because you gave the sun. You gave your life. And you turned my life all around. You gave the sun to set me free. So I'll serve you for the rest of my days. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh Lord, my vision to do Your mission, yeah. Oh Lord, my will to do Your will. I'll build Your church. I'll preach Your word. And I'll do it again and again, my Jesus. Cause you gave your son, you gave your life. And you turned my life all around. You gave your son to set me free. And so I'll serve you for the rest of my days. Whoa, whoa. my life all around you gave your son to set me free and so I'll serve you for the rest of my day Faith, hope, and love 
but the greatest, the greatest of these is love. Oh, love, can I attain to it without love? All of my prayers are nothing. Without love, my giving is nothing. Without love, my tongues are nothing. Oh, for love is the greatest. For love is patient. Yeah, love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not easily provoked. Love is not proud. No, it's not unbecoming. Love does not boast. Love does not seek its own. For love is patient. And love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not boast. such talented singers and talented church members too. Hallelujah. Well, God bless all of you. Amen. Our reverend uh, has traveled again and uh, he put a fast one on me for the second time. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, he just called me and said he's going to be out of town for something very urgent. So I shared something during the first service. He was preaching about quiet time. We continue the series, and he wanted me to share with you about the art of hearing. Hallelujah. So this, yeah, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, he, he sends his greetings, amen, and he's going to be back soon. And last week, he started teaching about mysteries. You remember? Mysteries of the kingdom. But I told him that for that, um, it's a, well, I asked him that he should come and continue that, that series. <laughs> uh, but what I'm going to share with you is something also mysterious, hallelujah, and it's the secret of directed path, the secret of directed path, amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this time, the opportunity we have to be fed by your word. 
you are the master teacher, Lord, and your Holy Spirit is called the teacher. We pray that the teaching and the preaching anointing, oh Father, will be present, make speaking easy, make hearing easy. I pray that we will leave here with the resolution to understand you and to do things better. I pray that anyone here who is not saved, may they be saved. Anyone who is broken, may they be fixed. Anyone who is sick here, oh God, may they be healed. May your power be present in this meeting. In Jesus' name. And the people of God say it, amen. amen. Wonderful. Well, so let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Are you with me? Okay. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. I'm not sure this thing is working, but maybe it's not. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. The Bible says that what? Trust in the Lord. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Verse 6, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Verse 7, be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen. Are you with me? Okay, let's go to Genesis 24, verse 2 to 4. Genesis 24, verse 2 to four. Glory be to God. Genesis 24. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. Are you with me? And then verse 10 says that, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hands. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. Verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed. What does good speed mean? Good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And it came to pass that the damsel to whom I shall um, say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, I will give thy camel drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto thy master. Verse 15. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Melchiah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with a pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon. A virgin neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Amen. Now, this story we just read, it's an interesting one. That when Abraham was dying, he told his servant that he should go to a certain land 
and pick a certain type of woman for his son Isaac. Okay? So this servant was tasked with a very difficult job. Who do I find? Because if I ask you, look, there are how many people in New York City? 20 million in the New York City. I said, look, go and find a particular woman. You know, who belongs to such and such a family? Who is also fair to look upon? Now, what is fair? There are different shades of fair. True or not true? Yeah. <laughs> and this man said a prayer. He said that, Lord, direct me. Do you get it? And if I go there, the woman that I say, give me water to drink, and also goes the extra mile and give my, my camels water to drink, that is the woman. And it's like saying that, okay, God, who should I marry? And then he said, God, if I head out of this room, I climb a bus, and then the person who gets out of the bus, the, the first lady who meets me while she's also coming out, she's the one that you have for me. What a shock. <laughs> and the guy prayed a prayer, and lo and behold, he got there at a certain time, and the Rebecca also got there at a certain time. Because Rebecca could have decided that that day she wouldn't fetch water. True or not true? That day she was going to watch a movie. There were no movies at that time anyway. <laughs> Something could have said that, look, don't go today. But God orchestrated Rebecca's steps and the steps of the servant to meet at a certain time for his agenda to, to be fulfilled. Do you see? You see, one thing I have realized is that God does not speak to us many, most of the time. He directs. He directs. That is why many of us get frustrated when you are trying to hear from God. I have come to understand a prayer, a simple prayer that says, God, direct my steps. Because truth be told, sometimes your own visions, you don't understand them. True or not true? I mean, if you have a dream that, look, a chicken is chasing you with a broomstick. What does it mean? <laughs> uh, what does it mean? It means what? No eating? Go, go. You see, you're all interpreting it differently. And you know, one day, a certain prophet, in the Bible, Zechariah, he, said he had a vision. And the vision, he saw an olive tree and a candlestick and two olive trees, and oil dripping into the candlesticks. And then he asked the angel, what does this mean? And the angel said, don't you know what this means? I mean, come on. And the angel said, this means not by might, not by power. I mean, how would I connect an olive tree, a candlestick, to not by might, and not by power? I mean, the two are so disconnected. Some of you will say, okay, but God wants me to cook fried rice. You know, you would have made other different. God is about to anoint me. Oil means money. I see oil dripping in my life. Or God wants me to move to an oil-rich country like Kuwait. You know, you would have interpreted it with your own biases. I mean, let's say you have a dream. And then you see, in the dream, you see $10,000 by your bedside. How would you interpret it? You are going to be rich. True or not true? You are going to buy a car. Someone is about to give you what? 
$10,000. You may not even say that God wants me to give a $10,000 offering. True or not true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or you may not even mean that you have 10,000 days to live. You can't connect it. Do you see? So sometimes God bypasses our dreams, our visions, and whatever, and just directs your step. Because if this great God has to descend to reason with you, there'll be problems. Can you imagine you explaining to your two-year-old about what he should do at a certain stage in his life? This child does not know much. So all you do is to direct the child's step. Go to school. You are not going to school. Go to that school. Turn here. Turn here. And before the child knows, their lives have been set up. You see, God speaks to us in dreams and visions. I'm not discounting that. But one mysterious way he speaks to us, which I think is very common in most of our lives, but we don't realize is that he directs your step. He just bypasses your intellect, your mind, your whatever, your dreams and visions, and just speaks to you. Oh, sorry, and just direct your steps. Say, look, go this way, block certain doors, take some people out of your life, close that opportunity, let you lose that job. This person walked out of your life, and before you know, you've been orchestrated to the right place in life. Do you understand? Yeah. It's when you look through, um, we human beings, the way we communicate over time, it has changed. In the past, when there was a war or something, they do a smoke signal. They burn uh, something. You get it? And technology came. Now we have telegram. I mean, if you remember the telegram days, you know, if you want to, because you pay, you pay by the word. So if you want someone to come to you, you just, you do eliminate the words. Come home now. Food ready. You know, you don't say, I think food is ready. No, because you pay by the word. So, action words. If you want to use a telegram to send a note to your beloved. Me, love you. That's all. <laughs> no things like that this morning has given me a great opportunity to tell you such a lovely woman that you are. You know, yeah. Me, love you. That's all. <laughs> Do you get it? And then we had internet. Then we, no, those I was dial up internet. If you remember Ethlink and yeah, you have to dial your phone line. And you see, one most painful thing is when you are seven, and then someone calls you and then it cuts the whole thing. And then you have to start the whole dial up again. And then we had broadband and then what emails came and then telephone came as well. And telephone, before cell phones, there were landlines. And the pay phones, you have to add coins. And it, sometimes you are talking and the person is not hearing and your money is finishing. How frustrating. <laughs> and do you hear me? Hello? Hello? Do, do, do you hear me? My money is finished. I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> and then you have the, what do you call the phone cards, right? The scratch cards, yeah. You, you buy $5, you want to call your country. By the time the person picks up, $2 is gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then we had cell phones, cell pages, pages, and then self, and then social media came, and then you remember MySpace. MySpace was like, and then Facebook removed MySpace, and now Facebook is also in trouble. We don't know what the next one. And then we had text messages, and then WhatsApp. Now we have unlimited text, and then FaceTime. And if all of you, if you look in your life. Depending on what you want to say 
and how you want to say it and who you want to talk to determines the communication mode you use. That's why when you are missing church, you don't call the pastor, you text the pastor. <laughs> true or not true? Because this issue is a bit sensitive. Let me text pastor. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah, depending on what it is, you text. And God also, depending on what he wants to do with you, he chooses his mode of communication and how he chooses to talk to you. Hallelujah. And sometimes what he wants to tell you is so complicated that you can't understand it. Are you with me, church? You can't. So what he does is he just bypasses your ears and just begins to order your steps. Joseph had a dream. He said, look, I'm going to be what? I one day I had a dream that the sun and the moon were, were what? Bowing to me. Okay. I mean, can you imagine if God had told Joseph, let me explain to you how your future is going to turn out. You are going to be the king of Egypt. You are going to be the father of Pharaoh. You are going to be the prime minister of Egypt. And I'm going to send you there. I mean, think about it. Joseph would have said, God, this one, I don't believe it. I mean, for many of you, God said, you're going to be the next president of the United States. You wouldn't believe it. Because your people cry, you know. <laughs> you don't have it together. <laughs> Did you get it? And God says, you're going to be the next president of this country. You wouldn't believe it. So all that God does is he bypasses your ears and begins to direct you. Direct your step. Move you here. Move you there. Close this door. And before you know, you found yourself in the right place at the right time. <laughs> do, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And you see, there is a verse in let me, Jeremiah 10.23. Are you there? Jeremiah 10.23. It says that, I know, Lord, that the way of a man is not in himself. Wow. The way of a man is not what? It is not in man that walketh to direct what? His steps. Can I get another version, please? Another version, new NLT or message Bible. Let's see. I know, Lord, that a person's life is not his own. No one is able to do what? Plan his own course. So as you are making decisions about where you want to be, when you want to be there, all these things are great, but God just looks at it and says, oh, your plan does not align with my plan. <laughs> Did you get it? Let's, do you have another version? Amplified or Message Bible. Let's see what it says. Oh, Lord, please, Jeremiah, in the name of the people, I know that the determination of the way of a man is not where? It is not in man, even in a strong or in a man at his best. Wow! A strong man or a man what? At his best to direct his own step. How many of you can frankly say that where you are is not where you plan to be five years before? You didn't even know. Let me tell you how I joined Lighthouse, QFC. I was living in New Jersey and I had to go to grad school. So 
I packed my things, put it in my car, drove all by my, without a map. Those times, no GPS. You just bought a book. You remember those books? Drove all the way to New Jersey. Uh, sorry, to Atlanta. And then I got a roommate. Not knowing that the guy hadn't paid the rent for four months. So he said, oh, here we take the deposit up front. So I gave him my deposit. So I started school a week, two, two weeks into this program. And then a court bailiff came knocking at the door. Court marshal, yeah. I said, what is going on? He says that, no, he didn't even talk. The moment he opened, some two guys came and started moving everything out of the house. Fresh, not knowing anything. So I packed my suitcase into my car, went to school with my mat student mattress, everything in the car, went to classes. I was so disturbed. I said, man, what am I going to do? I, said, I mean, I've come to this country afresh. I didn't know what to do. And then a classmate of mine said I should stay with him. I stayed with him for about, you know, a week or two there about, and he said that. There was another guy who's from my country. He's also in the class, so I should talk to him, and he can give me a place to live. So uh, he said he doesn't have any place, but he can take my things, my uh, extra cargo. Do you get it? <laughs> so he took it. And so over time, he became my friend, and he, he had a baby. And he invited me to the baby shower. No way, that was when I was also moved to Atlanta the first time. So we met at the baby shower. Okay, maybe we've come. And I was asking, so what are you doing here? We've come to start a church. I said, oh, start a church. I will come and help, no problem. So at those times, I used to attend church at Dr. Creflo Dollar's church. And I said, okay, I'm going to pay my tithe, the last one. And one, because on that, on that special day, he had a special prayers for tithers. So I said, let me go and receive that last blessing. And I'll come and join the church. And that was the beginning of my steps in the church. Do, do, do you understand? So you realize that you have planned that you are going to school. Not knowing that God also has a different agenda for your life. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you see, we must sometimes accept how life turns out. Even though it wasn't in our plan. Because it's very, it's, it's very humbling to accept that your plans did not work. It's very humbling to accept that your plans did not work. Not knowing that God was the one directing your steps and moving you to the right place. Did you get it? And the Bible says that he knows the plans he has for you. Plans of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Do you get it? So sometimes the journey might not be the best, but the end will be better. Hallelujah. Believe God that the end will be better. Amen. You see, let, let me show another verse. Let, let's, go to, um, let's go to Exodus 13 verse 17. Exodus 13, verse 17 to, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them. Do you see? God, God did what? God led them, not through the way of the Philistines. So focused 
on the laws from things that you can't see. And you see, many of us think about it. Can you even see tomorrow? Have you seen the next hour? How about the next 20 minutes? We don't know what is going to happen. Do you get it? But the one who is I am that I am, the eternal one, the alpha and omega, he's not just alpha, he's alpha and omega. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. When such a person is leading you, be confident that he knows what he's doing. Amen. He knows what he's doing. Man, what a journey. A short, but you took me through the wilderness. God, there was 95 here. Four lanes. No toes. You've taken me through these back roads with portals. $20 tow here. $10 tow here. Portal here. I even got a ticket here, Lord. Uh, look at what is going on. But I thought this was the best. But there's a scripture that comes to mind and says that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But that, uh, that road is the way of death. Oh, am I preaching to somebody here? <laughs> Hallelujah. The long, windy roads of life may sometimes be the safest. Amen. What did I say? May sometimes be what? The safest. The safest. It's long. But it's safer. It's taking you long to get there. But God is looking out for your safety. You don't know why you failed that exam twice. <laughs> you, you, you don't know. You know, when, when, I, was, when I was going to grad school, I, I applied for five schools. And you know the GMATs, right? GMAT, GRE. If you know, ideally, you want to get 600 or more. I got 590 something. I said, my goodness, God, the school that I want to go to, I can't go to them. So I was like, let me rewrite the GMATs again. I was like, you know, I don't want to spend another year. If I had gone to another school, I wouldn't have been here preaching you today. Because even the, the score that I got in my exam, as I look back at, at my life, I realized that God was in it. God was in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. God was in it. You couldn't get here, but this is what you got. Do you get it? Not knowing that God was orchestrating your life. So it's not every closed door that we kick open. Are <laughs> you here with me? Yeah. It's not every closed door. I mean, think when you are, at the, you are from the airport from the tarmac to your baggage claim. You don't kick every closed door. There's a reason why that those doors are closed. It comes to a time in your life, listen, where you pray that God give me the discernment to close certain doors. Because for us charismatic Christians, anytime a door is closed, eh, the devil, you know, may God open every door. 
every door that is closed, we command them broken. We command, hey, we, we command fires from heaven. God, God will look at you, look at you, look at you, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> look at you, look at you. Every, no. That's why, yes, close for it. That's why Jesus always pray, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Because the Judases of life are for a purpose. Some of you have to thank God for your Judas soul. Some of you need to give offerings to your betrayers. You have to tell them, look, this gossiping or this betrayal, it has really helped me. I really want to give you an offering. Talk to that boy who jilted you. That girl who jilted you. Say that, you know, I think this breakup was the best thing that has ever happened to me. I think I want to give you an offering. Had you not broken up with me, I wouldn't have found the wonderful man or the wonderful woman or the wonderful church or the wonderful pastor that I have. Thank God for your breakups. Yeah. It's not every door that you kick open. Do you understand? You see, one, one time I, I was reading uh, the, when the Israelites were in Egypt. Do you know why they stayed in Egypt for 400 years? I was like, God, why? And you know, when God, I think God was telling Moses, somebody says that I made them stay in Egypt for 400 years because the sins of the Amorites who are already occupying the promised land had not risen unto me yet. So it's like God was even waiting for someone to continue sinning and sinning and sinning to a time when he can't forgive them. And then God will kick them out of the promised land and bring you guys back in. Do, do, do you get it? So it could be that the job that you want, the Amorite who is there, hasn't been kicked out yet. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because where you want, maybe God sees what we don't see. Someone is there that God has to move. Do you get it? There is a boss there that God perhaps has to move before you go there. And he's working behind the scenes for you. Do you, do you understand? You see, in life, one of the things I want to encourage all of us to accept, 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 full concern about this $40,000 job, that is not even enough to take care of you. Not knowing that that job loss was actually a purpose. God had designed that to accomplish something in your life. And sometimes it hurts. Are you with me? It hurts. You know, I, 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 one time, I always tell myself, one time, I had a very nice car, you see. And I sold it. And I bought a car that had a lot of problems. And I said, my goodness, why did I even sell this car to begin with? Do you get it? But I always tell myself, you know, it might seem like a mistake. Perhaps God was delivering you from an accident. You never know. You never know. You never know. Hallelujah. Lost donkeys. He went to this land. He didn't find it. The next town. The next town. And I said, Let's go to the man of God. He can direct you. No knowing that God has spoken to the man and said, look, tomorrow I'm going to send somebody. And that person, you have to anoint him. He's going to be the next king. Don't think that your losses are in vain. 
they are not in vain your pain is not in vain god will use it for something at the end it will be very beautiful don't think it's in vain hallelujah don't think it's in vain no and it calls for a matter of faith to believe that god is in charge are you with me church to believe that god is in charge you know and and you see it's one of the things i found about life as we human beings we always count what we've lost not what we've gained someone has been blessed with something great but the one thing that we normally don't have or we lose sometimes overshadow what we have you have 10 shoes your dog at one one <laughs> and your favorite one <laughs> but the one thing that you've lost stands out so much to you that it has become your prayer all night is about that one but rather why don't you thank god for the nine that are still remaining rather than crying for the one that you've lost hallelujah do, do, do you get it yeah naturally that's how we are we always look at the half, the glass what half empty you see that is why for instance uh, bad news spreads a lot because when you hear bad news you don't even verify it when you hear someone has gossiped about you you don't even verify if it's true you just take it up because we are naturally wired to believe in negative things than positive things naturally we believe in negative things so even when they say that oh the economy is this you can look at all the things that are going right do you understand the angels look at the earth and say the earth is full of the glory of god you look and you are seeing portals and things you see but angels are looking and see that look the earth let me think about it a person who lives in ethiopia or Sudan that has no water will be surprised that you live in America and complain. Hey! You can afford milk. Water. When you, see, you haven't lived in a place where the water does not flow before. You see, but there are places in the world water flows once a month. You get, but when you open the tap, water flows cold, warm, hot, super hot. And at the end of the month, you pay only $20. And someone wakes up in the morning, has to walk a mile to fetch river water with nematodes and all the things you can think of. And has to boil it and, and sieve it before they can drink. And he looks at you and says, man, America is full of glory. But you don't see the glory. But you see, you have to decide. You see, blessing is a state of mind. Oh. Blessing is what? A state of mind. That is why someone can be by a very good husband or wife, but don't see it. Someone was telling me a story. I say, this man, very good guy. I mean, the only thing about him is He's not into church that much. Do you see? I mean, 
he's not religious, but very, because religion does not mean that you are well-behaved, though. Very well-behaved person, good guy. You know, he, he, he's just not into, and his wife is into church and things, you know, wakes up at 3 a.m., join prayer meetings, I believe, anointing oil, you anoint his home, all these type of things, you see, very religious and non-religious. And because the guy is not into these things, the woman always is berating him, and every day you are doing this, you are not serious. And he got to a time, the guy said, I am fed up. He took his bag, left his children, went away. And he said, he, and then he got remarried somewhere. And he, I mean, it was a very sad story, you know. And then the wife then began to think, man, what have I done? What have I done? Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? The fact that he's not religious does not mean that he's not God-fearing. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because we, we tend to measure people based on their religious activities. But the, the Pharisees were the topmost when it comes to religion. People who could quote Isaiah from head to bottom. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? People who knew the scriptures from head to the toe. But Jesus, I'm not impressed with these people. They can say long prayers. They say the longest prayers. Longest, but they are the ones who conspire to kill the Messiah. What is the purpose of your religious activities when your wife cannot live with you, your children cannot live with you, your husband cannot live with you, your mother-in-law cannot live with you, even your dogs can't live with you? <laughs> yeah. What is the point? The blessing eh, is where? In their mind. Oh. You see, David said something in Psalm 23. He says that, I lay on my bed and, and meditate on God's goodness. When you lay on your bed, what do you meditate about? Your problems? He says, I meditate on God's goodness. How amazing God is. Hallelujah. See, when I remember thee upon my bed, and oh, go, go back to verse 5. Verse 5. Oh, is this being a blessing to somebody? My soul shall be satisfied as with what? Marrow. May your soul be satisfied. Amen. And my mouth shall praise thee with what? Joyful lips. A friend of mine told me something. Anytime you see him, he'll be smiling. Ah, this boy, I mean, I was one. He says that his future is so bright that he needs sunglasses to watch his future. <laughs> Anytime he's smiling, I said, what, what, what? Because he lives by imagination, he always imagines great things, and he can imagine so many good things, and then he begins to smile. Wow, I must say, Wow, yeah. Whilst you are imagining gloom and doom for the future, which is causing you to be depressed today, rather imagine good things that good things will happen to you. It's a year of good things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then David said, listen, listen. When I lie down, I don't complain. He says, I think when I remember thee upon my bed, meditate on thee. Give me the message Bible. Look at what it says. Message Bible, verse 5 and 6. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. (laughs) 
He said, I smack my lips. Mwah! God, mwah! he said, I smack my lips to shout your praise. God, you are too good. Listen, if I am sleepless at night, I spend the hours in grateful what? Reflection. You will be in bed and be wearing sunglasses. And your wife will be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> my future is so bright that I need sunglasses. <laughs> Everybody go and buy sunglasses. Okay? My future is so bright that look, I need sunglasses to look at it. You know, and I spend the hours in grateful reflection because you've always stood up for me. I am free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life. And you hold me steady as a post. Oh, I think it's a good place to clap for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, ladies and gentlemen, I came to encourage us that let's change our mindset. Life is not as bad as you think. It's not as terrible as you think there is. You know, I was talking to one pastor of, uh, of ours in the church and She's always thinking about the worst that could happen in tomorrow. And she was saying that her son is 10 years old. And she's saying, Pastor, look, if my son marries a bad woman and brings her to the house, you see what I will do. You know, I need a woman who will respect me as a mother. And I'm like, look, take your time off. This child is only 10. He hasn't even finished high school. Hasn't even finished dating. But you've looked into the future and borrowed problems of the future and solving it today. What about if your, your husband marries the best lady who will treat you as well? I mean, what, how, what about if that happens? Why don't you imagine that and rather lie on your bed and just kiss God? God, mwah, you must be very good. Why don't you rather imagine that? But rather, you've borrowed problems that even haven't happened and wasting your energy, and she was worked out. I said, hey, what is this? <laughs> I couldn't believe it all. And that's how many of us are. We borrow problems that may occur when we are 60, or when we are 70, or that may not even happen at all. You see, that is why they have these people called the doomsday preppers. You know those people? Doomsday, there's, a, there's a people who believe that the earth will end or something. So they always pack food in their closets. And, and Costco realizes that these people, they are fierce, can't be taken away. So they are also making money of them. So they've, they've, they've packed goods like, and they sell to doom. They call it the doomsday, whatever. Yeah, and they are spending their money. And they say, oh, there were nuclear holocaust will happen. Over 50 years, that has happened. And if it happens, what makes you think you survive? I'm not saying don't prepare for the future. But don't borrow tomorrow's problems. Don't spend tomorrow's problems with today's money. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. When we get there, God will take care of us. I don't have my child's college tuition. But I'm believing God that when I get there, God will take care of me. I'm believing him. I cannot afford a home now, but when I get there, God will take care of me. I'm not going to waste my life worrying about things that haven't happened. I'm going to wear sunglasses and be sipping orange juice by my beachside. You see me laughing. You know, what is wrong? My future is so bright 
that I need sunglasses to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Amen. Future is so neighbor. Your future is bright. Tell them your future is so bright. Don't worry about tomorrow. God's got your back. God's got your back. Stop worrying. Enjoy today. This is all you can handle. Today is all you can handle. 10 years time. 20 years time. God will be there for you. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 You see. I'm about to end. Let me say this. Don't let. Don't predict your future. With what has happened in your past. Are you with me? Because, you see, the Bible says that God blessed Job in the second half of his life more than the first. Because the first half is not indication of how the match will end. Many games are determined in second half. True or not true? Many games are determined what? In the second half. Especially if you're a Manchester United fan. <laughs> yeah. It's not about now. We all started the race by the second half. And he said, Bible said, God blessed the sick more than his first. He gave him double for everything he's lost. And sometimes you look at yourself, oh man, I've wasted the first 50 years, 60 years of my life. Listen, one, one pastor said that he started living when he turned 70. He said that the best of his life happened when he turned 70. Derek Prince started preaching when he was 55. Because all God needs is what? A day. He used seven days to change the world. Seven days to make the world. How about your own little puny life? Just, it says the second half. The second half of his life. And sometimes will be watching a game. It looks like this team has caught four in the first half. But when the second half begins, the coach changes tactics. One, four, one, four, two, four, three, four, four, five, four, game over. Second half. May you receive the second half anointing. Second half graces. Amen. Second half. Don't let your part. You see, recently I, was, uh, I follow soccer a lot, and this Barcelona was playing uh, Chelsea. And they said that they beat Chelsea rough, rough, rough. <laughs> and, then, and then the commentators were saying that oh Messi has never scored against Chelsea and that has been the history but on that day he scored three, two goals and all the two were through Sulia you know Sulia <laughs> through, 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 through the legs of the goalkeeper you know it's like I haven't scored before but this time I'm even going to score through the legs and I just remembered something don't let your past color your future it's not a predictor it's not a predictor that's why they sometimes predict oh it snowed last year it snowed two years ago so we are going to forecast that it will snow again but they realize that all their forecasts did not work because the future is not predicted by the past it's determined by god it's determined by god is the one who predicts the future not your past don't let your past color your future it's gone God is the originator and the finisher of your faith, not the past. No matter the mistakes you've made, the errors, whatever, God is in charge. Don't let the naysayers predict your future for you. 
if you allow them, they will. They'll tell you, I haven't seen anybody from your tribe do this. I haven't seen anybody with this history do this. But you have to tell them, my past is not an indication of my future. There's a lot more for your life and a lot for your future. When you fall, pick yourself up because there are better things ahead. Better days ahead. Better futures ahead. Because we serve a God who is a good God. He gives us chance multiple. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Every morning he cancels yesterday's mistakes. Gives you a new sleet. Let's see what you can do. You mess up, he gives you a new sheet. Mercies are new. Not every year, but every morning. Every morning, mercies. Every morning, mercy, 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 mercy. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the God we serve. So don't let your past color your future. Many of us are struggling with yesterday's mistakes and yesterday's past. I have good news for you. God has forgiven. God has moved on. Like the songwriter says, he says that he's thrown our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. And he wrote, no fishing here. No fishing here. I've buried someone's sins there. No fishing. The sea of forgetfulness. Believe in God. Believe in him. Believe that things will turn out well. When Joseph thought things were bad, at the end of his life, then he began, to, oh, oh. So this is what God was doing. And he told his brothers, you did not send me here, but God sent me to preserve many lives, to be a father to Pharaoh, to be the Lord of the land, to save and to bring deliverance to many. He says, oh, now I know. So Potiphar's wife's seductions and all these things were part of the plan. Therefore, that my brothers hated me and sold me and did not kill me. Even when Reuben tried to save me and couldn't. Oh, now, oh, oh, oh. God, you are wildo. I said, God, you are wildo. Did you get it? And then I went to Potiphar's house and his wife tried to do whatever he could do to me and chased me around. Accusations, not knowing that. And I was thrown in prison and I met the butler and the baker and one forget, forgot about me. Oh, now I know. Now I know, God, now I know what you are doing. And sometimes we don't know his ways. It's only when he has finished painting the image of your life. And then he put a comma, tetelestai, it is finished. Then you know that is what God is doing. Put your hands together for the Lord. We are done. Hallelujah. Wow. Amen. May God direct your steps. May you never miss a beat in life. Any confusion in your life, I curse it. Because the directions of God are coming. You may never know how. You may never know when. But believe that he's keeping you. You'll never be confused. You will never be misdirected. You'll never end up in the wrong way. Because Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Adonai, the omnipresent one, he's with you. He will direct you. He will guide you. He will bring you to an expected end and a hope. You will never lose your way in life. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God say amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah.
Amen, amen, amen. Wonderful. Let's bow down our heads at this point. If you're here, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to God. I go to church, all right. I'm religious, but I don't know you. I want to have a relationship with you. If you're here like that, just raise your hand wherever you are. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to help you make that decision for Jesus Christ. If you're here like that, just wave your hand. I'm just looking at you. Just wave your hand to me and I will we'll share a short prayer with you. Anybody here? Okay, anybody? Just raise your hand very high. Wonderful. Okay, let's all say this prayer together. Say, Father, Father forgive us our sins for not trusting in you that you are in control that you are in, that you are in charge we know lord that you are directing our steps i may not understand the detours the long journeys the long journeys the inconvenient ways the betrayals but i i believe in you that you can direct me better than I can. Take over this life. Take over this life, Lord. For it is yours. Direct me and lead me to where you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let's get ready to bring our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's honor the Lord with our tithe and with our offering. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.